Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques, so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here for this conversation with my dear soul sister, Chelsea Adair. We got into some juicy, yummy, intimate, vulnerable conversations, and we actually had the opportunity to record this episode live in person when I was in San Diego a couple weeks ago. So Chelsea is a feminine embodiment mentor who helps women reclaim their pleasure, sexuality, and power. After leaving her job as a personal trainer and physical therapist assistant, Chelsea spent the next six years studying herself and helping others along the way, traveling to Bali to receive her yoga teacher training through embodied flow and studying under some of the greatest leaders in trauma healing, sexuality, and intimacy. Chelsea guides her clients into their inherent wholeness and authentic expression through emotional release, somatic healing, and basic psychology, all rooted in the reclamation of the feminine. Chelsea is a beacon of light for the rising woman and paves the way for the sacred spiritual study of sexuality. It has been such a joy watching and witnessing Chelsea blossom into the incredible embodied teacher that she is today. And I know you're going to get so much value from this conversation and love this episode. As you are listening, if you are enjoying, feeling lit up, feeling turned on by this conversation, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. and you can find Chelsea's Instagram and all of her info in the show notes from today. All right, my love, enjoy and we'll see you on the other side. All right, it's 4.44 and we are recording this on 8.8, sitting here with the lovely Chelsea Adair, one of my dearest soul sisters and a woman who I admire so deeply and have been on quite the journey with. So welcome to the show, Chelsea. Thank you for having me, Amy. Yeah. Well, we are on a journey of transformation and evolution, all of us together. And one of the things that I've really witnessed in Chelsea is many, many, many different evolutions. So we <laughs> we hopped on the mic a couple years ago and Chelsea was on an earlier episode. I think we said episode 102 or 103 a while back. And since then, she's experienced many more evolutions and really embodied this current version of herself. And I've just been so 
impressed by how you embody your work and how you share so authentically and yeah, just your gifts and your creativity are so inspiring and it's been really beautiful to witness your journey and to now be here in this space where you're one of my closest sisters, someone who I just, you know, you're the way that you show up in sisterhood means the world to me. Like I feel so loved by you and so seen and so held by you. And so to have you here and to be in this conversation feels really special. Oh my God. I need a minute to soak all of that in. Cause that was so sweet and so true. It's wild. Like as you were reflecting that back to me, just how many iterations of me you've seen, it's insane. And what I think is really beautiful is like you've loved me through every iteration. Like there's never been like an attachment to who I should be. And that's not something that I feel like happens in every single sisterhood. And that's what makes ours so special is I feel like there's just such an acceptance of my own shifts and evolution and like an encouragement of it as well. Instead of thinking I'm supposed to be like one fixed way because that ain't ever happening. <laughs> and yeah, it feels so, so good to be sitting here with you on such a, yeah, 8822 at 4.44 4, 4 p.m. is when we started this podcast episode. It's like, you can't make this shit up. You also can't plan it. Like, it just happens. So I'm really excited to see like what comes through both of us in this. I get the feeling that it's going to be a pretty spicy transmission. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've had quite a spicy last few months together. We've both been single and <laughs> we've been exploring the conscious dating world together and laughing and celebrating and sharing all the juicy details of our love and dating life. So it's really fun to be yeah, in this space. It's like a chapter of time together that we've been able to enjoy and yeah, I think that we both are really intentional about how we date. We're both intentional with our sexual energy. We're both very clear on what's possible when it comes to divine union and when it comes to deep intimacy in romantic partnership. And I love that we're holding the vision for each other to, to have that and to create that and really celebrating each other along the way and also holding each other because it's a, it's a journey and there's, there's a lot of, you know, our own shit that comes up when it comes to being in the exploration of relationship with, with someone you know, in an intimate way. So yeah, it's been, been super fun to navigate those waters and also to know that we're not doing it alone and to really, yeah, be there for each other. I mean, you've held me through some really, really exciting and like some of my most like spicy moments where I get to come and celebrate with you. And then there's times where I'm in like my deepest, like, yeah, in a lot of grief and, and it feels really hard and to, to be held in both of those spaces, I think is so important in sisterhood, like to know that you're not riding those waves alone. Yes, absolutely. We have been in a really spicy chapter. <laughs> like that actually is putting it like that's like a PG version. 
<laughs> what's been happening behind the scenes. And it's so much fun to, to have someone who's on the same level of like, there is this like juicy spiciness in the sexual exploration, but there's also like deep heart in it. And so what you said of like, yeah, I've had these really beautiful moments of celebration and these like deep moments of grief. It's like, that is what I'm learning in this process too, is just that like they coexist and it's okay. And also I'm reveling in like all the intimacy that, you know, I've been able to hear that you're having and like all the experiences that you've had with your lovers. lovers. (laughs) I'm like, what do we call them? And yeah, lovers always. Yeah. And like, we're just learning so much from one another's experiences and to be able to have someone to share that with and like someone who celebrates you in your kinky, like wild, like dark feminine, mm, like that side. And is that so there for like the grief or the light feminine, you know, it's like just like everything in one, like it's hard to find sisters that are really, really there for that. So yeah, it's been so much fun. And also, I don't know how deep we're going to go into this, but I feel like there's some good stuff here that we could talk about. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I feel like this last, I would say like the last even like six months, I think since you like moved to Asheville, we've both kind of been on this journey of, yeah, consciously dating. And it's been really nice to have someone who's also doing it in in like a similar way. And just like the openness that we're able to share and like, having multiple lovers and trying things on and like you know it not working out and not holding any shame around any kind of experience it just feels really good to be seen in that and um yeah this last year I think I went and visited Amy in February and I had just ended a lovership like right before that that was like the first time that I had actually had sex in almost two years and so I'd broken that spell in like end of December last year or I think it was November in any case it was a long spell of celibacy that I did intentionally but like after ending that it was so nice to be in that and also like for you to be in a similar space of exploration because it just felt like really easy to have you to talk to about it But what I was going to say is like after leaving Asheville and coming back, I had this like revelation in Asheville of like welcoming the masculine in in a new way and like how I wanted to like relate. And I was like so clear in myself that there was like no doubt in my mind that I was about to have some mind blowing sex and was going to experience some super deep intimacy. But I like needed that like. I think I just needed this like transition. So like visiting you was that moment of like, okay, what's next? And like, I think I picked up the awakened woman's guide to everlasting love when I was at your house. And I read like almost the whole thing and ordered it on Amazon while I was there and finished reading it at home. Also just saw that you, a podcast episode with Justin Patrick Pierce launched today. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, so that's on there. Little plug. But that book really helped me feel seen in like, okay, I can want that. Like I can want all of it. I can want deep intimacy and someone to like 
grow with spiritually and like really dirty sex. Like (laughs) I can have it all. And so, yeah, coming back home after that, I just like opened that door. And I feel like since then it's just been like, it's just happening. (laughs) Oh, it's happening. All right. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the things that I love about not only our sisterhood, but I think that is becoming more prevalent in in my community with my girlfriends is the comfortability of talking about sex and of sharing desires and of yeah, bringing the conversation out of the the shadows that society places about sex and allowing ourselves to have fun with it and to be exploratory. And I'll share that through our conversations and through conversations that I have with my other girlfriends, you know, I think we've, we do get really inspired and empowered by each other. Like really the, the embodiment of pleasure and the permission of pleasure. And we, we kind of reflect that back to each other and, it's really fun to see like how we're able to push these different edges and also still be really super intentional with our sexual energy. Like this isn't about just like sleeping with a bunch of men or dating a bunch of men at one time. Like these are really intentional experiences and many of which don't even involve sex. Like not all of them end up involving sex. And that's a choice too, you know, something that I've been exploring is just because there's attraction and just because there's sensual energy, that doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be sex or that that is the agreement and or direction that we need to go with someone that we're attracted to. Like that doesn't always have to be the case. And I think it's so fascinating when we can date from this conscious place and check in with our body. Is this a yes? Is this a no? Right. Being so present to what's happening in our bodies versus kind of the trajectory of dating. You meet someone and then, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's all these games like, oh, you're not supposed to sleep with them on your on the first night, which may be true for you. Like that is true many times that that might not feel right. But then there might be other times where it does feel right. But it's not coming from this unconscious place it's coming from a place of choice and of truth and of connection to yourself and of knowing yourself so deeply so yeah these are the types of conversations that we love having (laughs) behind the scenes off the mic and I thought it'd be fun today to like bring these conversations to light (laughs) Yeah. yeah let's go yeah I think that's a very important distinction to make is that like these are all very conscious choices that we've been making And it's only been possible because as individuals, we've deepened our own connections with our bodies individually. Like you are a fully embodied woman and like I feel I'm a fully embodied woman. And like until I had reached that understanding and sense of myself, there was no way I could engage in intimacy, not just sex, but intimacy with men in the way that I have been able to since finding that connection and literally when you, you said it, you're like feeling in your body when it's a yes or it's a no. My body literally lit up. And I was like, yes, because this moment is a yes. Like it just feels true and it feels real and it feels good. And 
yeah, just listening to that voice makes these stigmas and like who knows where the fuck they came from rules about dating and how it should look and and how you should progress in intimacy. Like it really just dispels all of that because yeah, who's to say that someone doesn't come into your life so that you can just experience intimacy? Maybe not penetrative sex, but like in a level of intimacy where they get to know your body and you get to know theirs and like that's all that happens, you know? Like it's okay to have that. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think what's been so interesting on on my part has been yeah, feeling into what's a yes and what's a no. And I'm reflecting back on one of the lovers that I've had this year that it was a no for me and my body, but I didn't listen to it. And it didn't like really shift much for me and like how I felt about myself. But I don't remember if I told you about, I did tell you about this one. He wanted to come meet us at a trilogy one night when we were going. And I was like, I don't know why this doesn't feel good. Yeah. So that was like a moment of truth that was speaking through my body. And we don't, I think the thing with relating and intimacy is like, we don't learn by reading books or like, you know, watching coaching courses. Like that's just not how we learn. It's through experience. And what I, what I find so freeing. And I think the way that you and I, and like, our respective like communities and friend groups like the way that we operate what's so nice about it is that there's not this like one way to do everything you know there's an acceptance that everyone has their own individual truth and that's okay but choosing to follow that and actually having the experience with another person is the most powerful way to embody and learn all of this so yeah, it's been super fun to, I literally right now, I'm in a phase, you guys. <laughs> I am in a phase where everything I wrote about last year, I swear to God, everything I wrote about <laughs> and what I wanted to have in sexual experiences is manifesting right before my eyes, like in my body. <laughs> and like, I did not share these things with this lover that I've been with. And it's been you know, there's a time for that sharing verbally, but what's been so beautiful about our connection is like, he is deeply embodied. I'm deeply embodied. When we meet together in this space of sensuality, it's almost like he can, he's not reading my mind, but he can feel so strongly where I'm a yes and where I'm a no. And so it's so much easier to dance in that kind of intimacy when you're really letting someone see you because then it allows them to respond, you know? And so I couldn't get any of this experience outside of having this experience. Like there's no way, you know, so you have to learn these things together. Yeah. I think that's so important to like our body is always speaking to us. And also when you're with a partner who's attuned and who's paying attention and who's, yeah, responding to what's happening with your body is, is so important. And yeah, I feel like the more embodied that I've become in my own sensuality and really understanding my body, understanding what turns me on, understanding what I desire, the more 
and the more expressed I'm able to be, which doesn't always look the same way. Like sometimes it's really soft. Sometimes it's really bold. Like it can, it can vary, you know, with, with depending on how I'm feeling in that moment. But the more that I'm embodied in my sensuality and my pleasure, it actually allows a partner to, like they have permission to be embodied in their pleasure as well. And my, my pleasure begins to like expand their pleasure and it becomes this, this flow of energy that can happen versus like in the past where I would be in my head or I would be overthinking things or feel self-conscious or not even know what I like. So I wouldn't even know what to ask for or like there's so many old patterns that just really don't exist anymore because of this deepening and this work around embodiment. And it's been a process and a journey. And I love what you, what you said about like, you don't really learn this through books and you don't really learn this through, you know, watching workshops. And I think that that's like the entry point. I think that's the gateway, especially for because we live in a world where we are very analytical and logical. It's like, that's an entry point for someone to take one of your courses or to read a book and then they have access to new ideas, new possibilities. But if that just stays in the ideas phase and the curiosity phase in your brain, it's not going to translate and you're not going to see the results and the changes. But trying that on, exploring, pushing your boundaries, meeting your edges, stepping out of your comfort zone, that's what's going to shift things. And the last piece I wanted to share here was really about clear communication because I think that's something that both of us are really intentional about, especially if you're entering in any type of intimacy with a partner is being clear on intentions, on desires, on boundaries, on, you know, sometimes you don't know that something's a boundary until it's been crossed or until something doesn't feel good. And then you're like, okay, we got to talk about that. Like, let's talk this through. But yeah, I think it's so important to know that, that the communication piece is what allows for the safety and for the trust in the connection as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. I love that piece. And it's also interesting because that's been coming up quite a bit with a lot of my one-on-one clients. I've been really supporting them in that. And I think it's because this is something that I feel like I've worked on for years, you know, and like to be clear in your communication in sexual intimacy, in relationship in general, takes a lot of courage. A lot. A lot. (laughs) A lot of self-awareness, a lot of self-trust, and knowing that no matter what I say, if it's coming from the truth of my heart, if the other person can't receive it, I'm going to be good because I spoke my truth. And the clear communication in any kind of intimacy with a partner, like without that, you cannot have deep intimacy because there's all this like muck in the way. Like there's no way to be close because there's just like something in the water. And I think what I'm finding to be the most important in speaking my personal truth and like, I think this, you know, kind of like applies to everyone is really discerning, like, what do I need? And like, what do I desire? Like, what feels right for me? What feels good for me? And like, 
how can I ask for more of that and invite my partner into knowing that that makes me f- like feel safe and seen? Because in my experience too, like they want to give you what feels good for you because that's what pleasure is all about too. It's like that, I think you said this, it's like there's like a reciprocity. It's like a giving receiving cycle that, you know, it just can keep flowing if there's clear communication without it there's like a breakdown and then you know things just kind of like go awry and the thing with physical intimacy and clear communication I find is that you know there's just societal shame around it is like the biggest piece and so oftentimes there can be a block in like the individual to talk to their counterpart about what they're wanting or desiring because they're afraid they're going to be judged you know like ooh, is that an is that okay to ask for are they going to think I'm like you know dirty or hell yeah I'm dirty or like you know (laughs) but it's like when you trust yourself to just speak your truth and just communicate that and have so much love and compassion for that desire in your heart the moment that it gets received by someone it just creates such a permissioning for this part of yourself or part of ourselves that's been dampened and pushed away to like come out and come forward and it doesn't end in the bedroom it translates everywhere else so it's like this I this practice of clear communication you're so right like you get it from your entryway is the courses and the books and then when you're at the stage where you're like I've consumed so much of this why am I not seeing results it's like oh yeah I need to like put it into practice, you know? And so, yeah, practicing clear and conscious communication. Oh, it's so hard to like, I don't know how to really conceptualize it, but it does start with being really clear and authentic with yourself. Like I've had to be really fucking clear with myself of what I want and what I need. And that clarity is what gives me courage to speak up to my partner and like share what I need. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the communication around desires, like you mentioned, can be really can bring up a lot of that shame or fear of judgment. And then our communication around our boundaries can bring up the fear of what if my partner like doesn't love me anymore or what if this this hurts my partner or what if this boundary like pushes my partner away so that I'm afraid to speak my truth because what if I share this thing and then I lose love because of it. Right. And so that might even be, you know, even if you've had sex with the same partner many times, but if you're not feeling it because of something that's going on in your body or you're not feeling open to having sex, like honoring that, and it doesn't have to mean anything about your partner, but the way that you communicate it is is really important. Or another example, like you you gave an example to me where there was a night where like you're like, oh, I really need to get some sleep. Like I need to go home. I need to get some sleep, but I'm afraid that if I do that, I'm going to lose connection. And even things like that when we're abandoning ourselves because we're afraid of losing connection or afraid of losing love, like that doesn't serve the intimacy. It doesn't serve the partnership because it's not truth. And when we're, we're doing these weird things that we do as women to like 
contort ourselves or to compromise so that we can, these are like old patterns that we have, right? Of codependency or of being afraid that we're going to lose love if we don't act or be a certain way. Right. So it's so interesting how the there's this is so intricate and this is such an exploration, like you said, of first your exploration of your relationship with self and what are your what is your truth and what are your desires. And sometimes we mess it up and sometimes we have to go back and have the conversation later or we learn for next time. And like, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm so proud of myself (laughs) because I know a past version of me, like even a few years ago, if I knew I needed to sleep and I knew I needed to sleep on my own, if I feared that it would create a rupture in connection or I would be like, how are they going to feel about this? Or, you know, I'd be like protecting feelings that I don't even know are true. I would get resentful and I would start to shut down and the connection would start to break. And it wouldn't be because they did anything necessarily wrong. It's just that I didn't yet know how to stand for my boundaries. And that's been a a really valuable lesson to learn. And one that I think we can learn in all areas of our lives is like, where am I abandoning myself for the sake of keeping love? And if we're talking about this thread of deep intimacy, like that cannot exist with self-abandonment. There is just no way to have deep intimacy with another if you don't have that deep intimacy and respect and honor for yourself. Otherwise, it's just surface shit. and <laughs> It's made up, you know? And so, yeah, I remember like, oh, this is like one of the first nights actually that I slept with my current lover of just like, he wanted me to stay the night and I was just like, I don't think I can right now. Like I didn't feel ready. And I was afraid to like say that to him in text message because he had asked me before I went over there. And I was like, you know what, Chelsea, you just have to be honest. Like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. And like, I was afraid of hurting his feelings or like losing connection, but I felt so much better about it after saying that. And it helped me in the future as our intimacy deepened, that wound kind of gets triggered even more of like, because there's like this deep connection and desire to like give love and, and yeah, love on the other person that it actually has become harder to like (laughs) maintain those boundaries, you know, but it served me so well to do that. And he was fine with it. He's fine with it, you know, like, of course he wanted cuddles or whatever, but like he was fine with it. And I felt so good being able to like wake up early and go do the thing I wanted to do. But that piece of like not abandoning yourself in a deep, intimate connection is just so tender because that that piece of our like little inner child that feels like she's going to break the thread of love comes out (laughs) like full force she's like oh shit we're gonna break it I don't know do we speak up do we ask for what we need do we just suck it up and like you know follow his lead like what do we do but the more that I listen to that inner child as my woman explores this like new realm of intimacy it's like it gets better and better yeah I've been reading the book 
Becoming the One by Shalina Ayana. And she has a whole section in there around self-abandonment and a lot of a lot of conversation around inner child healing within the realm of intimacy. And so for those of you who are really wanting to explore more of that, I think that's a really beautiful resource. And thank you for, for sharing about your personal experience. And I love that you acknowledge we all have this inner child, this little girl, and we also have this queen and this woman that we're stepping into and becoming and embodying and, it's it's so important to hold space for all parts of ourselves and not to make certain parts of ourselves wrong while we're we're navigating like intimacy is intense and it there's a lot it's really we were just talking about this we're like wow this shit is hard you know like opening your heart and letting yourself be seen and and staying open and and not being attached and all of the things is it it's it's a lot. It can be a lot. And it's so rewarding. And to me, I would rather it be this way than the unconscious, like sweep everything under the rug, go with the flow, but then feel, you know, the unspoken resentment and frustration and disconnect in a relationship. Like to me, this is, this is where the gold is. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd love to shift into a conversation around, surrender because this is a realm that you've been exploring really deeply for yourself and with your clients and surrender is one of the most challenging elements of the feminine and I know that you have a really unique perspective on what it takes to be successful with surrendering. So, and you guys might hear the train in the background, anyone who's been to San Diego and Encinitas, it's just kind of a local thing that always happens. And it's just part of, part of the lifestyle here. You're just like, shit, the train again. So it's just here. It's just our, our, yeah, background noise. (laughs) Okay, cool. So yeah, I would love for you to share, share to around this conversation and this, yeah, this concept of surrender within the realm of intimacy. Mm. I love this shift. And it is definitely something that I feel I'm finding I have a unique perspective on just based on my own experience of what surrender is and what it really takes to get to a place of embodying surrender. Because, especially in like the feminine embodiment world, there's kind of this notion of like, I've been in my masculine for so long, like I need to get into my feminine. So there can be a tendency when you're exploring the realm of like surrender and like really being present to everything and being in the flow, like there can actually be an aspect of the masculine that we completely reject that's necessary in order for surrender to feel good. Because without that the feminine surrender is she's going to ultimately feel like she's been dropped if she doesn't have this masculine core in a new embodied way. I wholeheartedly understand, you know, we have lived in a patriarchal society where like the father is kind of the ruler and like the feminine, the girl is like the, the daughter that's under all the rules and expectations of the father. So once we find our voice, it's like, no, like, fuck that. (laughs) You know, that kind of, that kind of expression. And what I experienced is it's actually 
I believe, impossible to truly surrender if we cannot receive the masculine. And that doesn't mean necessarily men. It doesn't need to be in that form if that's not how you're relating. It's just, it's, it's the polar opposite of the feminine flow. And without a container for her everything to be held in, she's going to feel like she's literally spinning out of space. So surrender is impossible actually, because you have to have something, you have to trust that something is there to catch you in order to be fully surrendered. Otherwise, whether you know it or not, there's an undertone of I don't trust. So I'm going to think my way into surrender. I'm going to manifest my way. I'm going to affirm my way into surrender. But it's just not possible without a new understanding of the masculine. And what I mean by that is, and what I've experienced is, I refer to God as my masculine, count, like not counterpart, but that is, God's my man. Like God's my coach, God's my lover, God's my everything, you know? And the only way I feel safe to be fully free in my creative expression and my sensuality and all of that is knowing that I'm, I'm so held. There is so much stability and ground underneath me. Even when I can't see it, I know it's there and it's taken a lot of work to really rewrite the story of that because of the, and I I know that there are a lot of women out there who have this experience too, but because of the wounded relationship to the masculine, it all starts with the father, you know, the father wound and like how that impacted and affected the way that you grew up. And then that translates or can translate into relationships and, yeah, depending upon what we experienced, it does have an influence on our ability to trust that something will have our backs if we need it. And this refinement of surrender that I've found is in really reframing the way, especially for women who have been in their quote unquote masculine, like unhealthy masculine, which means just like constant doing action, like control all of that oftentimes it is necessary at first to swing to the other side like completely just gotta swing all the way over there you know and it's okay and there will come a point when you're like oh like I kind of need some of that back and it actually might feel better to have some of that back so what happens in the repair process I've seen is really redefining (laughs) redefining resistance into this deep longing for something greater, like whatever you're super resistant to is really something that gets to be looked at and checked as like, okay, why am I resisting this? There's something underneath here that is guiding me to a deeper truth. And so this reframe of resistance and no longer resisting the masculine and maybe the ways you have been will actually support you in more feminine surrender. So if you've been like, oh, I've been in corporate my whole life and like, I don't want to get back into the doing and the control, like, great. You don't have to. I get it. You can resist that. What do you want in that masculine counterpart? How do you want him to guide you and hold you and show you the way? And you get to redefine that. We get to redefine that for ourselves. And In doing so, we start to embrace these aspects of the masculine that often get, you know, pushed aside, like direction, 
and discernment and devotion and discipline, you know, like these aspects of these parts of the masculine that are actually very healthy, but we have shut, sort of shut off as more feminine beings because we felt like we needed to, to surrender. Like, oh, if I'm going to be in surrender, I need to get into my feminine flow and like let all my schedule go. Like, oh, if the universe sends me this, it must be for me. Oh, that door closed. Okay. Like there's just kind of this collapse and that's not surrender. That's not true surrender. And you'll know when it's surrender because it will, no matter how hard or scary it is, it will feel nurturing once you fully submit into it. So yeah, it's very nuanced, but it's also like such a new, I'm still learning as I'm exploring it in this way and, and teaching it and facilitating it in this way. But I'm learning so much from the women that have been in my spaces of just like, like seeing how big of a transformation they've made by implementing these principles instead of just rejecting the masculine altogether. So yeah. Yeah, I see that a lot too, the pendulum swing, which basically is like when a woman has been unconsciously operating in her masculine for a really long time, she's exhausted, she's burnt out, she's realizing that it's not serving her in her roman- in her romantic relationships, in her health, in all of the different areas. And so she's like, but wait, I got to figure out this whole feminine thing. And then it's like swing to the other side, which like you said, is necessary sometimes because there's a recovery period, there's an adjustment period, there's a whole new developing a relationship with your feminine, learning how to trust the feminine. And when you're in the feminine too far, like when you're in the pendulum swing all the way to the other side, when you let go of all the structure, when you stop taking action, when you like relax and rest without any of the masculine, that's where you feel lost or confused or you don't have that feeling of feeling grounded like that that grounded feeling isn't there and that feeling of safety and of trust is is not really possible from that place so i love how you how you're talking about how in order to fully surrender that we actually need to have that container. We need to have that, whether it's God or in a relationship, having the masculine partner hold you, you know, to, to feel like you can actually trust that. And what I'm feeling is even like, what is the embodiment of this? Like you, you mentioned that when someone is actually fully surrendering, that it will feel, how did you, articulate it that it will feel nourishing right and so what I'm feeling in the body when I think about the embodiment of surrender of true surrender you're not bracing right it's this this softening and this opening yet you're not just like cracked wide open without having that groundedness or that that space to land and it's kind of hard to put into words because it is a and we're talking about like how the body would feel but yeah I think if you don't have that masculine element within yourself and within your relationship with the universe and then also within a partnership like to fully like your nervous system can't actually relax because it can't doesn't trust that it's being held is, is what I'm what I'm hearing from the way that you're describing it. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. 
that that piece of feeling it in the body is so important and it is hard to put in the into words it's like it's ineffable like it's just it's so much bigger than letters on a page or like anything that I can describe because your experience of surrender every individual's experience of surrender is going to be unique to them and what feels good for me to feel held in is going to differ from what feels good for you to feel held in and so that you'd said something of like bracing to me when I think of bracing too it's like you're bracing because you really don't trust what's there to hold you so you're like I don't know you know or you're trying to hold it all up on your own and it doesn't mean you just let go and collapse fully and like let all the pieces smash on the floor it's like you gotta like really strategize in a way you know and like yeah healing the nervous system and like really slowing down and coming into communion with your body is like a big part of it you know like really feeling what does it feel like to surrender to myself and that's actually a really beautiful exploration in self-pleasure practices in using crystal wands and you know veering away from like vibrators and things like that just to like tie this into pleasure but that I find using something like a crystal pleasure wand or a glass wand to intentionally you know, arouse your body and feel and explore what's there, it is a practice of surrender. And you literally are embodying your masculine penetrative force and your feminine receptivity in that practice alone. Like it's just your nervous system there. And there's so much juicy goodness that can be birthed from that practice alone that you cannot put words to. I cannot put words to you can only experience it at the touch of your own hand, you know, or like your own practice. And so, you know, I, I get that question often too. Like, how do I, like, what does surrender feel like? How will I know when I reach surrender? And like, I don't know. I can't tell you. (laughs) You'll know though. You'll know when you feel it, when you reach that state, because really the only way to, to, surrender into orgasmic bliss or like really feel the pulse of pleasure and the pulse of life is to receive it. Receiving it doesn't mean you just let it like crash into you. It's like you're holding this really strong, like I I can feel all of this and holy fuck. Whew, it's a lot. And oh, yes, yes, I'm just going to surrender into it. Like give it to me. You know, and like it's even like is making me think, too, of just like domination and submission. I'm reading this book right now called Unbound by Cassia. Last name I cannot say. But this woman was a Buddhist monk or a Zen practitioner. One of the two. I can't remember. I'm in the very beginning stages and a dominatrix at the same time. So she really merges these worlds of like embodied surrender and spiritual surrender because in my experience in a lot of the spiritual realms, it's like, oh, just surrender is like losing all thought forms and just being in the flow. And that's the feminine that you're speaking to of like, you know, when the pendulum swings, they kind of are just like fully in the quote unquote flow. And the way that she merges the two worlds is just so beautiful because the spiritual tends to be all over there. And the sexual really involves 
body and communication. Like you're not really doing that in a personal meditative practice. You're just alone, (laughs) surrendering to something greater, but we're humans and we have connection available to us. And so exploring the world of, of sexuality and bringing in these, this concept of domination and submission into your understanding of surrender is really, I think it's kind of like next level shit, but it's like such good next level shit because there is so much that you can experience in the body through these practices like shibari shibari is a japanese art of rope tying and oftentimes it's practiced with what's the word i'm looking for Suspension. suspension and so the ropes are like very you know they're strong and you're also trusting this other human to tie you up and suspend you from the ceiling in god knows what position it's like how could that ever be a practice of surrender? But it is the ultimate practice of surrender. I've never been suspension tied, but you know, it's coming, (laughs) but it's something that I've been in practice with. And like, I'm still in the very beginning stages of, of exploring it, but Shibari in rope tying, it's like, I have found so much surrender in my body to the hands of my lover because I trust him. Like I so trust him to like, I know that whatever he's going to do and like how he's going to tie me up and you know, all of that, like I trust where he's going. And because there is nothing I could do at that moment in time, except be with what's there. Like that is the ultimate state of surrender, you know, like, okay, wherever. Yeah. And I trust my lover and I also trust myself to know that if I didn't feel safe, I would know, you know, and I would be able to say something, but like being in that space of such freedom in the face of literally being bound (laughs) and tied up to me, that's like, that is an ultimate state of surrender. It's like, I trust this. Yeah, there's so many different avenues that that we can go and I I love the the physical tangible examples like you talked about with self-pleasure practice with the, you know, with a pleasure wand and then also what you're talking about exploring shibari as well, the, you know, the art of rope tying and I think these are explorations that are definitely, like you said, like next level shit. Like we're, this is, this is the advanced advanced. And what I love about this though, is that there are so many layers and that it feels endless. Like we've been in the exploration of pleasure and of conscious relating, I mean, for the past few years and like, we're just scratching the surface. Like there's always more, there's always more. It's so wild. Like, and, and that's what I love about, about this work. So yeah, thank you for sharing about, about your perspective on that. And I know that you have supported many women in, in connecting to their bodies through their own self-pleasure practice. And that's something that you teach on. You also have a course around surrender and so many beautiful offerings. So I'd love for you to share where our community can find you and where they can learn about all of the amazing offerings that you have. 
Yeah, there are so many layers. First of all, I just want to like speak to that. And that's, yeah, that is what makes this world of embodiment so fucking beautiful. And specifically in the world of pleasure and sensuality and intimacy and connection and union is that it is endless. And it's such a fun world to explore because it's not one that comes from a place of I'm broken, what's wrong with me? But it comes from a place of deep curiosity and desire of like, I want more, like there's more here. Ooh, okay, interesting. Yeah, okay, what's next, you know? And it's such a beautiful way to approach personal development and self-growth. And yeah, I'm so glad that this is my path. Thank the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. (laughs) And yes, I do. I'm actually just finishing up Surrender, which was a five-week portal into the unknown. And let me tell you, it took us into the unknown, like been so beautiful and we're wrapping up this week with a really great panel of men to come in and show the women you know what an example of healthy masculine energy looks like and I also was very intentional there's I love men's coaches I love divine masculine coaches amazing and I want these women to see that these guys exist in real life so none of these men are like coaches or anything they're just Men that I know personally deeply and appreciate them. I like there's an there's a, a depth to them and an authenticity to them that not many women meet men who like that is such a weird sentence, but there's like a depth to them that women don't normally see in the real world. And so I felt it was really important to bring them in at the end of surrender to just kind of like cap everything they've been learning and it's been so beautiful to watch these women's transformation throughout this program and like what can really happen for the feminine as she embraces the masculine in a new way she becomes the force for him to grow and change too so we're wrapping up our first live container this week and that course surrender I will be selling as a self-study course coming up soon so if you're interested in that probably by the time this podcast episode is out, it'll be open. (laughs) And if you're wanting to dive deeper into just self-pleasure and like that's your entry point right now and you want to know more about your body, I have a self-study course called The Pleasure Path. And that's a seven-week self-study, completely self-study course where I take you through all the practices that you really need to know to deepen your connection to your body and just, yeah, incorporate pleasure as a way of, of life and a way of living. So... Those are the ways that they can work with me. And I know this podcast episode is probably going to be out how many, like a couple weeks. Okay. So I don't know if this will come out in time, but I also am running a program called Devotion. And this is really probably the deepest offering I've ever opened because it is coming from a place of embodied knowledge and practice and it's so close to my heart that there was a lot of fear in opening up a container and an offering like this you know but that to me is like surrendering to God like my creative flow is like okay I need to do this and I'm like okay God fine I'll do it (laughs) and it's such a beautiful group and this is going to be a nine-week journey to really deepen inner union from the perspective that I'm speaking of of like really getting to know your inner masculine letting him hold you like learning just learning feminine embodiment in a new way that invites him into your heart so that program is going to be starting on September 1st. So if this comes out before then, the best place to find me is on Instagram. That's where I play. So it's at Chelsea Adair, and I'm sure you'll post that. And then I also have a website. 
on my website, you'll find links to um, my online courses that are all on what's called School for Embodied Women. And so, yeah, there's something there for everyone to really like get a taste and start to dive into this world. Beautiful. Thank you so much. We'll include all of the links in the show notes. And it's been so fun to have you here. And yeah, so grateful for you sharing your wisdom today. So I love you. And <laughs> I, I'm excited for everyone to come check out your work and come say hello on Instagram and dive deeper into this world of pleasure and intimacy and surrender and all of the things that we love talking about. So Thank you. Thank you, babe. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you found value from this conversation, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. I always love hearing from you. Send me a message. Let me know your takeaways. Also, I have a beautiful free gift for you. If you have not already downloaded the Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual, it is a 20-minute audio guide for you to listen to in the morning to start your day feeling empowered and embodied. You can find the link for that recording in the show notes. And lastly, if you are a regular listener here and you enjoy this podcast, I invite you to leave a rating and a review. This is the best way to support this podcast in reaching more women around the world. To leave a rating and a review, you can scroll down on the podcast app on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes and leave a quick review to share what you love most about this podcast and how it has impacted your life. Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next Monday for another episode of The Feminine Frequency.